and welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today I will be your host. Today we are actually talking about the NBA draft here. We'll be kind of going through some picks here and kind of assessing that and kind of giving you my opinion here. Um, you know, pretty much at least on the first round of things here. So um, I want to first and foremost go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank the fans out there for actually chiming in from week to week here to help us drive content to the show. And um, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and kind of jump into the show today. So uh, again, talking about the NBA draft here, very exciting NBA draft. And I think it went quite quickly, to be honest with you. And um, you know, I, I thought it was pretty interesting here when you see some of the picks that uh, came off the board here, uh, some of the undrafted um, folks as well. I thought that was interesting too. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, jump right into the first pick of the draft, which was, uh, I believe it was Ben Cheryl here out of Duke. And um, listen, I, I thought that that was an interesting pick here. Um, I know, you know, here he is actually listed as a power forward there. And so when I look at that situation here, I think Orlando definitely is signaling that they're probably going to have to move away from Obamba here. And the question is, you know, how does he really fit in now with uh, Franz Wagner? And then also, too, he has Wendell Carter right there on the, the front line as well. So, um, you know, I personally thought it was going to be Chad Holmgren there in that fit. I thought they were going to go more for a wing player. Um, not saying that, you know, Benjero cannot be a wing player, but I know at this point in time, um, you know, he is basically a power forward here. So, I mean, we're looking at a guy that is big. He's strong. He's definitely a skilled forward. Um, I definitely loved his game, you know, watching him play there in the final four and everything like that. I, I mean, I thought there wasn't really anything he couldn't do. So I definitely think it's going to be a, a major impact here. Um, I think that that goes well with a guy like Jalen Suggs. Um, and then you have Cole Anthony as well, you know, two explosive guards there. And I believe they still have Terrence Ross, Terrence Ross on the roster as well. So, I mean, quiet as it's kept here, I, I think that that was a pretty good, solid pick here. Um, even though I'm kind of, you know, just a little worried there with, you know, how many uh, things they have going on there on their front court or front line here. So I think that the Magic... Uh, we'll eventually here kind of figure it out and uh, you know they're probably gonna have to move some people or you know cut loose to some people here um, obviously to, to give uh, Benjero something to pretty much go ahead and uh, work with there in his first year because I think you need to give him all the opportunity uh, as far as growth is concerned there uh, and free range on the roster there to really find his footing here so um, so that was pick one pick two here Chet Holmgren Gonzaga uh, I love the pick here I, I know a lot of people don't really like the pick obviously because of the I, I guess there was some uh, frame concerns the fact that he possibly could be injury prone um, I'm not sure of that I, I don't know you know I mean the one thing that I did see when he was in Gonzaga is the fact that he is really a unicorn I mean you're looking at a guy that to me he showed that he could dribble he showed that he could shoot the ball um, he was terrific at uh, you know going down in the post he did have to guard some bigs from time to time um, so, I mean, look, he's a seven-footer that is a rim protector who can bounce to a guard. And, I mean, he reminds me a lot of what, you know, Kevin Durant 
did, you know, coming out of Texas. Now, I'm not saying that he is Kevin Durant. I'm just saying that he he checks the same box that Kevin Durant really checked coming out of school as well because you know that was probably a question when Kevin Durant was guarded was or or not guarded but drafted was you know hey with his frame would he be able to hold up and for the most part I mean he has held up I mean yes he's had some tough surgeries I mean he does have the screw in his foot he does have the Achilles and and things like that but um, you know Aside from the injuries, you're looking at probably one of the greats in the game that uh, all time wise that we're going to be looking at with Kevin Durant. And I think that to me, Chet Holmgren's coming into a situation here where I think that he's in a great favorable situation here because there's a lot of uh, pressure off of him. You know, you have uh, Giddy there, who's a guard that to me was pretty much a triple double threat there. Um, they do still have uh, Gildress. You know, so they still have uh, Shea Alexander Gildress there as well to take off some pressure. Uh, they, they have Baisley as well. Um, so there's a lot of different pieces here. And also, too, with Sam Presti, I love his picks. You know, I think that he definitely knows what he's going to do with this roster. And listen, it is it was a tough season for OKC last year. But for the most part, as talent like James Harden, Kevin Durant, um, you know, Russell Westbrook have left town. Sam Presti has done a great job in getting assets back and really keeping the roster afloat. It's not like OKC has been terrible. And to me, this is the best young nucleus that he has here. So I expect that this pick is really going to help them out. I think it's going to work uh, in OKC's favor. And to me, honestly, I have him down as the rookie of the year. I know like a lot of people um you know have um Jabari Smith being the rookie of the year we'll talk about that but I think that Chad Holmgren really could be the rookie of the year this year I, I really do I think that he is going to be in a situation where he is going to be a flat out scorer I think that his rim protection at this point in the NBA where they don't play a lot of traditional bigs I think it's going to work out, and I think that he's really got a great shot at being the rookie of the year, so I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, hey, I I think that he is like Evan Mobley, who I think was the rookie of the year last year, um, but maybe even more better in the sense that, uh, you know, he's a little bit more of a polished shooter from outside than Evan Mobley is. So moving forward here, let's look at Jabari Smith here. So many people feel like Jabari Smith should have been the number one pick uh, overall here, And personally, I mean, when you look at the tape, I mean, he was pretty much dynamite. Uh, The one thing that that sticks out here on tape is the fact that he can guard all five positions here. Um, But, you know, there's also the situation here where he does still need to develop in a lot of ways here. Um, But he's already a great shooter. Um, I just talked about the fact that he can switch on all five positions here. And he plays with this uh, relentless energy here. So, I mean, that seems to be it's going to be a great fit here with Jalen Green, who they got last year. Um, Obviously, they have, you know, Porter Jr. out there as well. So, I I mean, I was high on Kevin Porter Jr. And I think that he really showed up towards the end of the year. Um, I think, you know, set aside some situations here. To me, Houston still has the potential to have one of the best backcourts a young backwards in the league here. So, um, you know, this could be a great situation moving forward. 
Um, they kind of remind me of, of what uh, Bradley, Bill, and John Wall were kind of able to do in their early years here. So Houston's kind of right on page with that. So once again, the one thing that 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 kind of uh, really kind of scares me a little bit here with Jabari Smith is the fact that, you know, they did draft Segun last year as well. So um, and they moved on from Christian Woods. And so they're getting a little bit more of a dynamic score um, and, you know, probably a guy that can switch out on the all fives, um, not taking too much away from Christian Woods, who was excellent at that when he was healthy. But, you know, with that Sagoon and then you have Jabari Smith here, I'm curious to see how that really fits here, because when I look at Sagoon, yes, he can shoot the ball and he's really st still developing. He kind of reminded me a lot of what um, Paul Casal is, and that's a little bit more of a traditional big in there. Um, so, you know, I'm wondering, you know, does he does is, is there enough space there between the two to operate on the floor? Because remember, another thing that Houston was doing was they moved Christian Woods out the way so Segun could actually get um, some more uh, playing time here. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how Houston kind of makes this all fit. Obviously, they still have another piece, um, you know, to kind of move here with with the John Wall situation here. Um, so I'm hearing that, you know, possibly Brooklyn could be in the, in the midst of that. So we'll see what Houston has left here. And obviously, I think that they're going to try to be a player here in the free agent market as well. So, um, you know, curious to see what happens here. So moving forward, the Sacramento Kings here um, with Keegan Murray here. So I, I love what was said here on draft night about Keegan Murray here. He's not going to be an Instagram sensation here, but this guy might be one of the most solid guys in the draft here. He kind of reminds me of what maybe a Harrison Barnes is in the league here. Um, and I'm not saying that they compare, but in the sense of like playing styles, but I'm saying as a guy that, you know, is coming in here, um, well-polished, plates a pretty good amount of years here in college basketball here. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, the thing is here, he's a tremendous player here. I think that the one thing for him, I think they were saying that he went from like scoring seven points to 24 points. I think it was his story here. Um, you know, this guy can actually play here. And many people feel like he was the second best college player in the country here last year. So I like it here. Although the Sacramento Kings have really, really um, had you know trouble here with big men um you know they they struck out here um with with uh you know the the prior big men that they shipped off here to detroit here um you know kind of or yeah bagley bagley so i was kind of drawing a blank here of who it was uh, marvin bagley um the third there so i think that yeah he was drafted there so you know that didn't really work out here and then now that they have sabonis over there that is a big man too as well Again, we're starting to look at space issue here and how this works, even though Sabonis is a little bit more of a, a, a three, four here. Um, you know, Murray to me is a, a definitely a traditional big, um, but you know, hey, they feel like this will be a great fit here that will go with Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox, who they've clearly showed that they're investing in him and these two here. So, um, you know, hopefully the Kings can kind of turn it around here, but I, I will definitely say that this was a pretty good pick here. Um, and I, I, I venture to say that this might be a grade A pick, even though a lot of people were saying it's a grade B. Um, it could turn the course of the franchise here if he's able to fit in with the guards here. Next up here, 
the Detroit Pistons and going with uh, Jaden Ivey here out of Purdue. So when I looked at the tape here, um, for sure, I, I definitely agree with the fact that he does kind of compare here to Ja Morant. Um, what his his mother, I think, coached with Job Moran or coached him at Memphis here. Uh, you look at the speed, it certainly jumps off at you. The way he was able to get to the basket here um, and it really attack the rim in a variety of ways, I think that that, that certainly checks all the boxes here. So, you know, the, the real question here is that, you know, can Detroit really put it together? Um, you know, I think that they have a terrific coach here who has had some great experience here with the Toronto Raptors here. Um, obviously with Kate Cunningham, you know, the question is, it, it, can Kate Cunningham stay healthy? That's number one. He's more of a natural distributor and he's kind of like a Paul George type player um, where they're a hybrid in, you know, scoring and distributing the ball and playing defense here. So, you know, the question is, can they really uh, coexist here? You know, they still have, um, uh, what Hayward Bay out there as well um or Sadiq Bay excuse me not Hayward Bay I'm thinking the football player Sadiq Bay out there um for Villanova here as well so you know you still have him out there they actually made the trade to bring Marvin Bagley over there as well um and Detroit actually does end up taking a big man here from Memphis too so again you know, I'm kind of wondering from a peace standpoint where that works um, as far as the interior play. Um, but they did get rid of Jaron Grant here, traded him away, cleared up a whole bunch of, of cap space here. So, you know, the question is, you know, what are they going to do with the free agent money? Because I think regardless of the young talent that Detroit has, has brought in here, they need to get some veteran leadership from somewhere to really start to shift this franchise in the direction that it needs to go. Um, you know, I'm thinking of the years where they were really good. They had Chauncey Billups. You know, they had Ben Wallace on that team. They eventually brought in Rasheed Wallace. And yes, they were some older players, but they were players that brought some veteran leadership there and some toughness to this unit. And so that's where I stand with Detroit here. So the pick, I do agree with it. Um, but again, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I think they're going to have to get some veteran leadership. Um, I'm a little concerned, too, with the fact that they're actually looking to get DeAndre uh, Aiden there as well. Like, I'm not sure if that's going to fit because then you have so many bigs. But again, that's just a rumor here. Uh, we will probably talk about the free agent market here on a later show because definitely that's juicy here. A lot of... Uh, a lot of potential free agency going on here. So next up, let's talk about um, my man from Arizona here, um, uh, Benedict here, the, the shooting guard who says that he, he needs to see the sheer greatness of LeBron James before he can believe it here. Um, many people say that this guy is the best shooter in the draft here. Uh, I don't know, you know, 6'6", athletic wing here who can pretty much do a lot of things here and they feel like he's all-star potential in year one. And so, I mean, he's going to get a lot of reps here. I mean, they do have what Chris Durette, I think that's his name here. Um, you know, he was, to me, I think he was right there in the top five, uh, maybe the top three rookie of the year there before he actually got hurt there. I know he was huge in fantasy basketball last year, and he was really doing his thing for uh, Indiana on the court there. Um, definitely a young piece to build off. So 
you know, I'm I don't know. You know, there's still the question of what are they going to do with Malcolm Brogdon? You know, there was there was talk that they were going to move him. Um, you do still have uh, Hollibur there as well. So um, we'll see. You know, it's 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 a big question mark to me as as pretty much any draft pick is. But you know, when I think of this, I'm thinking of like what Indiana did years and years ago with Reggie Miller, right? If this guy is a knockdown shooter and a guy that can create his shots like that, um, you know, then certainly I think that he is going to be a terrific fit here for the Pacers. And obviously with him having uh, the ability to defend as well, you know, it, it could be a, sh- a, uh, a franchise shifter. Um, so, I'm curious to see the kid does come in with a lot of confidence here. I'm not sure if that's going to go well with the fact that he's calling out LeBron James. All right. One of the greatest here uh, to ever play. So next up here, this is a pick that I really, really love here. The Portland Trailblazers, they take, um, uh, what is it? Shaden Sharp here. Um, Hopefully I said his name right. But, you know, here's a guy that I know he did not play a game here right they said but he was on the roster here a lot of scouts come to to watch this guy here um i think that portland took a great chance with this guy on the upside here i think of anthony simons here not a lot of people knew who anthony simons was but now you know he's a hell of a player and you see why portland did not want to trade or part ways with him when people were trying to get him I think you're going to see the same thing with uh, Sharp here. Look, Sharp is an interesting fit from perspective here. Um, He's probably got one of the highest ceilings here. Ridiculous size, explosive score, wing athleticism. Like, this is probably uh, just the perfect fit here, you know, when I think of this, because I'm looking at what they possibly have here. You already have Jeremy Grant, who I was high on here. He's going to be in Portland. You're hopefully getting a healthy Dame Lillard, all right? Um, Your big, hopefully, is back in Nurkic here. Then you get this athletic wing here as well. You get another year with Anthony Simons here, who I thought was terrific as well. And quiet as is kept here, they still have money to kind of go out here. So Portland could maybe shift, um, shift things from the year that they had last year very quickly here. So I like the pick here. I know it's an upside pick here. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like he's not going to be able to contribute right away here. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's a guy that maybe he is because he is going to get a lot of playing time as is right now, I think. Um, because, again, you know, Portland really doesn't have much else on the roster. So um, we'll see. I'm curious to see how Summer League's going to work out here a couple weeks from now. We'll actually get a chance to kind of see uh, what players can do. Um, somewhat in an NBA format here. So next up here, uh, we got Dyson Daniels coming out of the G League here. Many people here like this guy here. Um, you know, his jumper is at, at this point kind of the biggest area of concern here when you're looking at this thing here. But I mean, look, there's you already have Herb Jones on the roster here. His jumper's not really the most polished. I mean, it's going to get better here. And when you're looking at this guy here, you're looking at a guy that, again, they're kind of going off like the kind of the Kawhi Leonard kind of, um, you know, format here when they're looking at players. And so, look, he has um, he's got great size here. 
he can play with or without the ball, which is huge because you're going to need to do that when you're playing with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCullough, and also too with Zion Williams, if you're able to get him at a high level again, um, you're going to have to be able to play without the ball. I, I said that before, you know, you don't have the traditional point guard that they've had before that used to set the table in Lonzo Ball here. So um, I think I think that this is a, a, a stellar pick here. Um, you know, they say that this guy probably might be the best perimeter defender here in the draft here. And I think that that's what you need, especially out West, when you're trying to contend with teams like the Golden State Warriors. Next up here, uh, you got Jeremy uh, Sokrin here from Baylor um, making the short trip to the San Antonio Spurs here. Um, you know, he was a one and done here. Uh, obviously, he's a top 20 pick here. They say he can do multiple things here on the court, um, can do, you know, guard multiple positions here. Um, you know, the fact that he's coming to the Spurs, a well-disciplined roster and organization here, um, it's going to be interesting to see here, um, you know, how he, he kind of fits in the Popovich system. Um, you know, he doesn't do too much, really anything great. Um, but he is good. So that's the that's the question here. So I, I don't know, you know, what that skill set is that's going to jump out here with the Spurs. But I can tell you that he is going to get some game time here. Um, obviously, the Spurs, they, they need they need talent immediately right now um, as they've taken a hit over the years with the talent that has kind of been lost via trade or free agency or whatever the case may be. Next up here, the Washington Wizards, they take uh, Johnny Davis here now. He's listed as a small forward. I think he's going to be a little bit more of a two. He might have to step in immediately here, especially if Bradley Bill is uh, kind of headed out the door here in free agency because I think he's looking to opt out here. Um, so I don't know, you know, what that situation is here. Um, you know, he, he was the candidate here for National Player of the Year, his sophomore season here. Um didn't quite worry about the little slippage here at the end of the season. I know that was a, a tough way to kind of go there in Wisconsin. I uh, think they, they had a tough tourney and everything like that. But, um, you know, he can definitely help you win right away. I, I certainly think that. I think that that's one of the things that I can say. Um, a guy that at least has gone through a sophomore year here. He wasn't a one and done. Um, but, you know, the question is, again, what is going to be, you know, the 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 thing that happens here with Bradley Bill here. So um, not willing to say that he's going to be the rookie of the year, but I think that when you look at the guy that's probably going to get some of the most playing time, um, I think he's definitely right up there. And he certainly, he might be in the rookie of the year, uh, you know, considerations here, depending on what happens to the Wizards here. So uh, next up here, wanted to talk about, um, let's see here kind of going through here and looking at a couple picks we'll skip them here so looking at the charlotte hornets here and looking at mark williams and what they were able to do here um picking up a big man here to go with hopefully you get um a guy like uh, what is it mikhail bridges back in free agency you already have Lamelo ball as well so um i like it in the sense that you know he can be uh, a rim runner here He's definitely one of those guys that could be a lot like a Clint Capella here. Uh, you know, there is still a place in the league for your traditional big guys, and he's it, you know, for sure. He's definitely one of those traditional big guys that is a, 
definitely controls the paint and uh, I think he's going to depend a lot on the fact that he's getting somebody to feed him the ball so this is a terrific situation to be in here um, I like it because again particularly they have probably one of the best point guards in the league with LaMelo Ball so I like it uh, I think that this works well for them um, so I like the Mark Williams pick next up here you have AJ Griffin from Duke here so the thing I love about AJ Griffin is his father actually played in the league I do remember him playing for the Bulls he also was an assistant as well here um you know so the one thing is that he does shoot the ball at a very high clip here um a lot of people keep saying he might be the best shooter in the draft I know that that gets thrown out a lot here but the fact that he's playing with uh Trey Young here who again is setting the table he's going to get a lot of attention here I think that the Atlanta Hawks definitely got a home run here because you're getting a guy once again that can play off the ball and he fits all of the three and D uh, check boxes here. So I love this pick here. You know, you're not getting a guy that crowds up the paint here. Um, so I, I like this pick a lot here. Um, next up here, you know, you go again with Houston. They pick up um, Tyree um, Eason here out of LSU. So I'm not really too much sold on this one. Again, look, you're getting another power forward here. Um, I get that he can guard multiple positions here, but again, I'm looking at a crowded front court here. I, I never like it when teams just, they crowd up one position here. Um, you know, and I just think that you probably could have possibly gone and maybe got something else there. Uh, maybe got some more guard help or some more wing help here, but Again, you know, maybe he's the guy that ends up ironing out more than, you know, like uh, Jabari Smith or something like that. You never know. That's what the beauty is of the draft. You know, when you look back at these things, you know, two years from now, a year from now, you go, oh, you know, this guy was actually better than, you know, the top five guys. I'm not sure. Um, but that would be my only thing, you know, with this pick. Next up here, the Chicago Bulls here. Obviously, you know, the year that they had. Um, picking up Dalen Terry out of Arizona here, uh, very versatile guy, um, doesn't get rattled, you know, has a great amount of confidence here. Um, you know, he went a bit higher than what probably most people thought here, but the thing that I love about him is that he does clearly believe in himself with the confidence level, but the fact that he can shoot the ball. When you look at DeRozan and the possibility of bringing back Levine here, the one thing that slowed down Chicago was they weren't able to knock down shots. They didn't have a, a knockdown shooter. That's one thing that I think that Dalen Terry kind of addresses here. And I think that that's going to be huge for the Bulls moving forward is they need to do that. And let's see what happens when free agency's here. So I know that, you know, he's taking a bit higher, but I, I, I really like the fact that he's coming in here. He kind of reminds me of A.U. Desumi here, who they got last year. So um, but we'll see how that kind of turns out here. Um, so next up here, let's talk about. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs here. So they get uh, Malachi um, Branham here from Ohio State here. So um, you know, I like this pick here. You know, here's the guy where I think that uh, they were kind of in need again of some wing support or power forward position here. Um, definitely a top 16 prospect. Um, you know, he's definitely 
uh, was super ex impressive here and could maybe be a steal in the draft here. Um, he's a wing with size who can generally create at a high level here, which I don't think that necessarily San Antonio's maybe had that ability since maybe uh, Tony Parker or Kawhi Leonard, so or even a Ginobili. So, you know, and those guys obviously are probably going to be some Hall of Famers. But the fact that you get a guy like this, um, I think it bodes well for, for Popovich here. And I think the Spurs, they're going to turn it around. I mean, if they were in the play-in situation here. Let's give them credit. But I think that for sure, um, they're building in the right direction here. And I clearly expect that maybe they might be even a six or seven seed here, uh, maybe higher in the West here next year, especially to me with the dismantling of the Utah Jazz here, possibly in free agency. So next up here, um, let's go to Christian Braun here, the Denver Nuggets um, going or coming, yeah, going to the Denver Nuggets out of Kansas here. So I know he doesn't do a lot of great things, uh, you know, on the court, but he's just a terrific basketball player. You know, he's, he has a good jumper. He does finish in transition here and he does show up on the big stages here. And I think that that's perfect here. When you look at Jamal Murray coming back here, hopefully they get Porter Jr. back here. You compare that with the MVP here. And they're getting a guy that is actually reliable here on the wing here. Uh, you know, they did, you know, lose Gary Harris here. You do still have, um, uh, you know, Will Barton, I believe, playing as well. So, you know, I think this is a guy that will fit in well. And so I like the pick here with the Denver Nuggets. Next up here, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how this really fits out here. But with the Walker Kessler here from Auburn, excuse me. Um, and this is the Minnesota Timberwolves pick here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he is an incredible rim protector here. Um, you know, he has the potential to kind of develop into a comfortable perimeter shooter. That's what they're saying here. But I guess the one thing that really kind of jumps out here is the fact that he averaged the 4.6 blocks per game here. Um, so that's, that's pretty high. And so... You know, with him being an interior player, I don't know how that kind of works out with Anthony Edwards, um, you know, kind of driving the paint a lot. Uh, we know Carl Anthony Towns is not necessarily your, your um, he's not going to be your traditional big man. So I don't think that that's going to be uh, a problem with him actually kind of clogging up the space and lane because, you know, they do have still D'Angelo Russell out there as well. Uh, you know, Anthony Edwards, and then you got Carl Anthony Towns, you know, those guys, they like to attack the rack often. So, um, you know, from a spacing standpoint, I, I think that that's going to be fine. You know, my only question is, uh, you know, is who's going to really set the plate for him? Because, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to have to rely a lot on his guard play. I'm not sure that you're going to be able to just give him the ball and he's going to be able to just create his own buckets. So that's my only concern there. They don't really have necessarily a true point guard uh, that's going to set the table for him. So it could work out really, really well, or maybe it doesn't work out at all. But uh, I think that that was an interesting pick here. So next up here, um, the Memphis Grizzlies pick up David um, Rowdy here or from or Roby or Rody, excuse me, from uh, Colorado State here. So I'll probably butcher his name, but, you know, he's an undersized big. Um, I think that for sure 
to me, he was an interesting pick. I think that he probably fits in being an undersized big here. Uh, I think he's going to be tough and, and added some toughness here for them. I think he goes in well with the Steven Adams uh, type of player here. Um, but he for sure will be a wing player here. Um, so I think that this guy is definitely um, for sure an experienced player here. He kind of reminds me of uh, Niang here who plays for the Philadelphia 76ers in the Utah Utah uh, Jazz as well, or played for the Utah Jazz. I think that he's going to be excellent at using his body, and I think he's going to be um, a terrific scorer here. And keep in mind here, uh, if he can play off the ball, which is key, I think he's going to get a lot of shot opportunities. Obviously, you get a guy in, in John Moran who led the league in paint scoring. Um, so, I mean, that's going to open up a lot of opportunities for you to score the ball because there's a lot of attention that's going to be shifted there. So, um, I think that that's going to be. Um, a quite an interesting pick here that could work out here it could be um one of those those uh picks here that you look back some years from now and go hey this was a very valuable pick here um that a lot of people slipped on next up here i look at the milwaukee bucks here and so um you know the question is there were quite a few guys here on the board um who are above him but that doesn't mean that this was necessarily um you know a bad pick and when we say above him so there's you know a lot of people that the bucks could have possibly taken here um but the thing is you know the guy does play uh with a lot of athleticism here does have the size here uh plays very very hard here um kind of needs to kind of figure out the jumper standpoint here and you know, this is a guy here, um, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they picked him here. Um, I, I can't even say his name here, but uh, Marjan here, I know he's, he's coming out of the G League. But this guy reminded me a lot of what Giannis was, you know, coming out of Greece here. So I, I think that this is a possible upside pick. And I think that I'm right up there with my man Sharp from Portland. I think that this maybe has one of the highest upside picks here. Uh, in the draft. So I think that this maybe could be quite as kept a good pick for Milwaukee. Um, I know that they've, you know, uh, you know, swung for the fences before. Um, I, th I think they swung for what is it, Von Maker, uh, and that didn't necessarily work out here. But this may be the pick that actually does work out here. So that's what I'm thinking of here when I see this guy. Um, so it, I'm thinking of more like a Jonathan Kaminga, um, a Von Maker kind of pick here for Milwaukee that could be uh, something to lead the franchise you know for the next 10 years after Giannis is there so you hope that it works out that way uh, we'll find out here next up the San Antonio Spurs go with Blake Wesley here from Notre Dame here um, so you know the one thing with him he did play in Mike Bray's system here um, he is a terrific shooting guard um, and definitely a need here for the NBA's game here, or definitely a need here for the modern day NBA here with the traditional two guard that um, he is, you know, so I like him here. I think he's polished. Um, you know, I liked what he presented here on tape coming out of Notre Dame. And so I think any guy that's really, you know, coached there by Mike Bray, I think you're getting a solid player. Um, kind of reminds me of like a, a Jay Wright kind of player coming out of Villanova. I, I like this guy. I think he has a ton of upside here. Um, next up here, you got Wendell Moore from Duke. 
Um, and this is what the Minnesota Timberwolves did with the 26th pick here. Um, you know, he's a 6'5 guy. He makes shots. Um, and so, you know, he is pretty valuable here. He can guard multiple positions. I always love that here. Um, and he can pretty much, you know, play multiple roles here on your roster here. Gives you good effort every night. I love that when you start to see effort and you love to see a guy that can guard all five here. And I think that that's kind of what Minnesota needs. They need uh, more of a gritty kind of player, a lot like uh, Patrick Beverly. So I like this pick a lot. I think that it works well here for them. Um, next up here, let's take a look here at Golden State's pick, the 28th pick, Patrick Baldwin Jr. here out of Milwaukee here. So, you know, the only question is, you know, he had an ankle injury, but in his debut, I think he had a double-double at 21 and 10, I think so. Um, here's a guy coming out of the University of Milwaukee here. And again, I, I mean, going with, he's listed as a power forward here. I think he's going to be more of a, a power forward and maybe a wing type of player. Yeah, I, I think for sure he's a big wing at, I think like 6'9 is what they list him as. Um, but he is a great size. He's definitely got a high upside here. And the fact that Golden State already has pieces in place here, and they can basically go ahead and develop him. I think that, you know, he's raw a lot like what Jonathan Kaminga is. And you start to see a little bit of what John Jonathan Kaminga actually can be. You know, last year, once he kind of brings it all together, I think that this is the same type of pick with Patrick Baldwin Jr. And I think that this, again, is another great pick. And this is why you do not trade away your picks and you build through the draft. I think Golden State really... Um, really did a great job here with this pick I, I think that you know really nobody really knew who he was um i think a lot of people he would have been a top 10 pick um if we would kind of probably done the draft maybe a year ago here or if he you know been in the draft a year ago here or even maybe played another season here i think he would be so you know again i think that this is a great upside pick i think that this is terrific for golden state i think it's going to continue to keep their dynasty rolling for quite some time and i think it really again adds to their bench and they're just going to be that much more better next up here we got uh, Houston kind of going with Ty uh, Ty Washington here out of Kentucky. I think a lot of people had him going higher here. Um, you know, here's a guy that is a point guard. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to necessarily start from day one or how they're going to kind of uh, really kind of, uh, you know, kind of put him in because, you know, you already do have Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green out there. And Kevin Porter Jr. is a little bit more of a point guard. So, um, you know, I think this is going to be an interesting pick. I, I think that for sure this helps out, especially if Houston ends up moving on from Eric Gordon. Um, I think this is a guy that's going to be uh, a quality fit to come off your bench here. He might be a sixth man of the year for you. Um, next up here, you got uh, Denver, the Denver Nuggets here going with uh, Peyton Watson out of UCLA here. Um and so this is an interesting pick here. He didn't play very much at UCLA here. Um, he he basically, um, if you're kind of a believer in kind of what UCLA was here over the last couple of years here, then you're getting a top 10 to 15 player in his class here. So um, he does kind of go to the bottom of the first round here. 
Um, so, you know, this is a situation where, you know, Denver is taking a chance on a guy that basically, when you look at Nick Cronin and you look at UCLA, they were deep, you know, and they pretty much returned everybody back from that final four year. So he basically, I don't think he got necessarily a lot of the run that you would want to see. Um, obviously because it was a crowded team there but I think that now you're looking at a situation here in Denver where he could be a lot like of what Michael Porter Jr. was where here's a guy that came off the back surgery you know many people thought that he would have been a top five or something pick had he not had the back surgery here's a guy that I think just hasn't had the opportunity yet and I think maybe this is a great chance for him to kind of get on this stage here um, I think that there is definitely some playing time available and I think that this is a team that certainly needs wings and so I think that this was a terrific pick here so um, kind of moving forward here and kind of seeing if we see anything that was notable here in the second round here. So I'm going to skip ahead to the 38th pick here with the Memphis Grizzlies here, uh, going with Kennedy Chandler there out of Tennessee. I got a chance to see him. Um, you know, he's a six foot um, guard or a little bit shy of it here, but I love the way that he plays. He plays hard. He's a speedy guard. Um, you know, he's definitely dynamic here, and I like this with the Grizzlies here. He kind of reminds me a lot of the same mold as of what you're getting with John Morant. Now, I think that this is a terrific guy to come off the bench for that second unit. Uh, maybe he'll continue to push the pace there for that second unit and create uh, open shots here. So I like this play. Um, I really do. I think that this is an outstanding pick here for the Grizzlies. Uh, and I think it's a valuable pick here in the second round for sure. Um, next up here, let's take a look here at uh, some notables here. Um, so I, I like EJ Liddell here going to the New Orleans Pelicans. I think that David Griffin does an excellent job with this pick here. I think many people felt that he was probably a first round talent here. Um, I know he's a little bit undersized here at, at power forward, but the, the beautiful thing about him is he can space the floor and he's a three point threat. Now, why is this huge? This is big because I know a lot of people probably are going to think this is just bananas to even think this, but with Zion Williams, I'm just not sold on the fact that Zion Williams is going to necessarily stay healthy here. I, I'm really concerned about that. I'm, I'm concerned about the fact that there's no point guard to feed Zion Williams the ball anymore. Um, you know, like what he got with Lonzo Ball here in his first couple seasons. And I, I think that this is a terrific pick here because I think one of the things that Zion did run into was uh, foul trouble. There were times where he'd get into foul trouble and everything like that. And I think that this is a terrific pick because you can put this guy on the floor. And even if you went uh, small and you started him at the five position, with Ingram, with McCalla, uh, you know, with Herb Jones and those guys like that, here is a guy that is going to be able to play off the ball. He's not going to eat up the paint. So those lanes are going to be available to drive. And so even if Zion is on the floor and he's uh, kind of, you know, beating up the paint, so to speak, uh, it's going to be a lot of space for everybody to operate. So I think that this is a terrific pick. Um, and I think that this may be a pick that maybe we look back from years from now and say, hey, this guy should have been a top 20 pick, you know, so I think that this was a terrific pick there in the second round. Um, 
Next up here, let's look at the New York Knicks here. They get Trevor Niels here out of Duke here. So, um, you know, this is a guy that he's listed as a physically mature uh, one-and-done player here, meaning that this guy, even though he was a one-and-done he probably looks like he's uh, was you know leaving after his junior year here um he brings great defensive intensity here that's key here that is a lot of what the knicks culture is built on here right because when you look at their head coach right you look at thibodeau you look at his nature he wants guys that can guard okay now the great thing about him is that he's a great change of pace guard that's really critical too when you look at Thibodeau's offense. Sometimes it gets bogged down. You need a guy like this that can slash and score. When the plays break down and when nothing's going on, you need a guy like this. This is why I think that this works best for them. He'll work well with uh, Julius Randle if they decide to keep him because he's a slasher as well. You get another guy that adds another dimension here to your offense. I love this pick here. Um, next up here, let's look at the Golden State Warriors here. Again, picking at 44 here. Very interesting addition here because they go with a two guard here who is a quality scorer who can shoot in a variety of ways here. Uh, kind of really thrived at kind of, you know, spotting up and getting his uh, and, and getting his jumper up over defenders here from the mid-range here. So this is an interesting pick to me because now I'm kind of looking at a guy that kind of reminds me a little bit of Sean Livingston in the later part of his career. You know, when Sean Livingston used to be able to hit that mid-range or kind of give you a little post up and turn around. This is what I kind of get with Ryan Rollins coming out of Toledo here. So um, I, that's why I like it here in the sense that now you're getting a guy that not only, he, I mean, yes, he doesn't necessarily shoot the three ball great, but the fact that he kind of stretches the mid-range game, now you're looking at a guy that kind of operates a little bit like what Klay Thompson does. Even though Klay can step out and hit threes, you're looking at a guy that can knock down the mid-range jumper. So I like that pick here. Um, I think this is an excellent pick again for the Warriors here, and they continue to stockpile talent here, uh, which will keep the franchise moving forward here for some time to come. Next up here, um, I, I like these two picks here. So first off, I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers here, going out and getting Kendall Brown out of Baylor here. You're looking at a guy that is well coached with Drew there coming out of Baylor here. Um, you know, this guy easily was a top 30 prospect here. Um, you know, he had just a little bit of inconsistencies here, but you're looking at a guy that was a five-star recruit, great length, major upside here, uh, might be one of the best wings in the draft here uh, when you look at this thing at the end of the day. Next up here, you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers at the 49th pick here. I think that they did an outstanding job in getting Isaiah Mobley. If you look at the year before last, when Evan Mobley, his brother, who I thought was the rookie of the year, and Isaiah Mobley played together, might have been one of the best dynamic duos in all of college basketball here. So you're getting a guy here that I think is a lot like Evan Mobley. He's going to develop into um, a bit more of a shot maker here. Um, he's not more. He's not necessarily the shot blocker like Evan Mobley is, but he will be able to space the floor out here. He is big, and I think that he is an, a, a great playmaker here. And I think that you know you, they talked about the twin towers inside here. 
um, I think you're looking at now starting to build um, definitely one of the the more tougher wings now um, in the conference here. And I think that they're going to be now, this is the model that they're going to need to go off of if they're looking to build up the guard uh, and wing defense. I think that this guy fits the mold here with Isaiah Mobley. I think that he's going to play well with his older brother, obviously, here. Um, so I think that this was just definitely, um, for sure, an A pick here. With his playmaking and his size, I think that Cleveland definitely hit a home run here um, without they got first round talent here in the second round. Bottom line. Next up here, um, let's go with again uh, pick 51 here. The Golden State Warriors going with Tyrese Martin here. So um, look, Martin was pretty much again. UConn had a pretty good year here. Um, he had that dramatic improvement from the three point line here, and he improved as a passer here. Um, so that's the one thing that I definitely love about him. And the fact that he's going to be probably, I think, a terrific role player here. Um, he's a four-year player, which I always love that here. Um, I think that he possibly could maybe make an immediate impact with the team early here. So, again, I think another value pick here. Um, next up, one of the more interesting picks here at 53. You look at the Boston Celtics. They go with J.D. Davidson out of Alabama. So, um, the one thing with J.D. Davidson that stuck out or stuck out to me was the fact that he is very athletic. Um, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, the athleticism on the tape just makes you go, wow. The, the other thing here is just that he, he kind of struggled a little bit last season and kind of finding, um, you know, that one niche thing. So that's the one thing that I think is a little bit of a head scratcher. He doesn't have necessarily a niche but, um, you know, when you look at the explosive play that he has here, if he can put it together, you know, I definitely think that he could definitely add some value to the Boston Celtics here, especially the, the much needed scoring depth that they're going to need here. Because I think as the conference now starts to gear and put a lot of their defense on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you're going to need a guy like this that can basically uh, come in and be an immediate scorer here. So, um, you know, I definitely think that this could be an A pick here. Uh, but for right now, um, it's it's a low risk, kind of high reward. So, I mean, I know that they're gambling a little bit here, uh, but we'll see what happens here. So, And uh, with that being said, I, I think that that's pretty much um, pretty much what we wanted to highlight here with the NBA draft here and kind of going through it. Um, I know we kind of have gone out here and kind of pretty much went over just about everybody's uh, draft here as far as what they got here. So, you know, and kind of ranking the the top five picks, you know, just kind of going through. I know, you know, number one, a lot of people had the Detroit Pistons at number one here, obviously going out there and getting uh, Jaden Ivey and Jalen um, Duran here. I'm just... I'm just, you know, really concerned with Detroit as far as, you know, getting um, enough playing time for these guys and kind of getting the roster a little bit more situated. I'm still not really sold on these picks just yet because I think that they need some veteran leadership on the floor. But, um, you know, from a talent standpoint, you know, I think that they did a, a great job here. And so um, another thing here is I do agree with the fact that some people have the Pelicans definitely up there. Uh, maybe as high as two in this one. Uh, we talked about what they have with Dyson Daniels and EJ Liddell 
who I'm really high on. Um, I think that that was terrific with what they got with both guys being able to play off the ball. And I think with EJ Liddell, again, you're getting a guy that's an insurance policy for Zion Williams here. Um, you know, with with the uh, guys, I can't get it out with the Orlando Magics here, uh, Ben Cheryl and then uh, Caleb uh, Houston, who we didn't get a chance to talk about here. Um Interesting picks here because, again, like I said, with the whole thing with the spacing, I think that, again, I think that Orlando is going to have to move some pieces here to give uh, Ben Churl and Caleb Houston a chance really to be as successful as they need to be in the NBA and really give them a chance to change the, the direction of the franchise here. You know, I would have ranked them higher. I think that they were as high as three for me, but I like OKC. I like what they they were able to do here. I know we didn't talk about a lot of the things that they did, but besides Chet Holmgren, um, they got Dieng here at number 11. They got Jalen Williams at 12. Um, and so, you know, these guys basically, to me, they went out and they got a lot of wing help they got a lot of versatility uh offensively here and i just think that with this young talent here they're basically setting themselves up in a way that they're going to be able to attack you in multiple ways not just shooting the ball they have uh, people that can slash they have people that can create uh there's a lot of things here that i love about what sam presti did here so i i, I love their draft here um with the Houston Rockets here, I mean, I guess you could say that they did a great job as far as getting maybe the best talent available at their picks. Um, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to fit there. I still think that there's a lot of pieces that need to be moved. I think they're in the same position as what uh, occurred here with Orlando. They're going to have to shift some pieces in order for these guys to be successful here. Um, and really... The, the last team that I want to highlight is the Portland Trailblazers here. Um, I like what Portland did because, one, you know, they're bringing over Jeremy Grant. I think that that should be a, a move that should be highlighted here. But I love what they have with Sharp. I think that that's going to be critical. Um, I know we didn't really talk about Jabari Walker here at 57, who I think is going to be another great player here as well. So, um, you know, I like the fact that they're really headed for better days here in Portland. And I think it's going to come a lot quicker um, than a lot of people think. And, and, and here's the thing, too, that is still in play for Portland. Now, I don't know if this is going to happen. We'll talk about this on the free agency show. But I think that it is a possibility that, you know, you've, you've read the remarks that, that Dame Lillard has reached out via Twitter. I'm not sure I'd have to do my homework here, but via Twitter to Kevin Durant um, about possibly joining forces here. And from what I understand here, uh, briefly, I'll go into it with, without kind of spilling the beans here in the free agent show that we're going to go through. But it, it is a real possibility that Kevin Durant would like to move on here because I am definitely when I'm looking at this situation I see Kyrie Irving leaving money on the table and going to LA I, I feel like Kyrie or Kevin Durant is actually completely frustrated I think he will force his way out and I think that if he does want to play with somebody right like a, another guard or somebody that has some talent here that is going to be reliable 
it is going to be Dame Lillard. I know Dame missed a lot of time with the, the ab injury or whatever, but I think he's past that. I think Dame is one of the most reliable superstars in the league. He's the most humble superstar. And I think that when you pair that with Jeremy Grant, um, you know, him and, and, and Kate, Katie will work uh, perfect. Perfect. You hear me? Perfect. Because Dame Lillard, the way he can get to the basket, create shots, knock down shots. You look at Kevin Durant, who is just basically anything on the floor is a green light here. And he also will give you a little bit more rim protection. I love this. If this possibly happens, I think you mix that in with the draft picks that Portland has. Portland's right back in the midst of being a top five team in the West immediately. And they still have free agent possibilities as well. So they have cap space. So I definitely love that. So with that being said here, um, that is really the NBA draft here and talking about the NBA draft and talking about some players that uh, I definitely think will make some immediate impacts here. I cannot wait till the summer league here. Um, hopefully we're able to kind of get out there and maybe do a show uh, live there. I'm not sure, but we'll see what happens here. But I, I'm very excited about this this draft class here. I think that um, it, it, it was a draft class that was unique in the sense that it wasn't necessarily a lot of teams shooting on a lot of like high potential. Like they're not really going out there and taking a high a high bit of risk. I think that there was enough tape out there for everybody to kind of see what they're getting here. So, you know, that's why I feel very solid about this class because I think that, you know, for the most part, you're you're kind of seeing where the player can go. Now I know it's a, a, a different. Um, you know, thing that will happen once they get out to the NBA. Obviously, you know, these guys are going to have to perform at a high level now um, and prove that they can do it on an NBA level. So that's another thing. But for the most part, I, I think you're kind of seeing what you're going to get there. But, uh, you know, curious to see here. So that is today's show. I want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank the fans out there for chiming in on a week-to-week basis here and helping us drive uh, content to the show. I want to thank the sponsors out there who have put sponsorship on the show. We really appreciate that. And so for uh, myself, this is Rico, Real Talk Sports. We'll be back with another show. Take care.